I'm Jordan Belfort, and this is Sales School. Hey guys, JB here in the house for your daily motivation slash skills training. And this is going to be a really special motivation because I haven't the slightest idea what I'm going to say to you right now. I didn't plan this out at all, but some of my greatest motivations when I just start talking and an idea will occur to me. And then from there, I just take the ball and run with it. So what idea pops in the head? Well, I'll tell you what it is right now. It's the first four seconds of the sale. I don't know why they just pop my head. So let's talk about the first four seconds of the sale. And here's the, the distinction I want you to understand there. When I talk about the first four seconds, it's, it's, a, it's a, a euphemism for the open of the sale. In other words, while we judge people in person in a quarter of a second, like someone sees you, they lay eyes on you, take in your whole presence, your body language, how you look, your hair, your, your clothing, how far you stand, how you make eye contact, how you shake hands, the jewelry you wear. Seriously, every last video is put is taken in, ripped apart, compartmentalized, and they put you back together based on how you're perceived in a quarter of a second. And the reason we know that is because they actually tested this with brain monitors. They have an, a functional, it's called F, a functional magnetic resonance imager, which measures the uptake of oxygen in your brain. So it sees which parts of your brains are working as it's being used. So what they do is they flash someone a picture while they're in this machine and they see an instant spike in the back of the occipital lobe here, which is your visual cortex, instantly, like at the speed of light, that lights up. And then a quarter of a second later, it then goes to the prefrontal cortex, the judgment center of your brain, and a decision gets made. And then everything else lights up. And they say no by that. It literally is a one quarter of a second from the occipital lobe with the visual cortex to the prefrontal cortex where decisions get made and judgments are finalized. Here's the deal. So while it takes a quarter of a second in person and it takes four seconds over the phone, right? The thing that people miss is that the, the, the judgment gets made there, but the brain then keeps analyzing on a logical level to see whether it was right or wrong with its first perception. In other words, the first perception is simply, is like the opening where you start from. But if in the next 10 seconds, you don't continue on that same path as the first quarter of a second or four seconds, right? The brain says, oops, bullshit. Oh, I, I was wrong about this person. In other words, the, the, the emotional side of you, the, the, the instant decision, snap judgments, those are made on an unconscious level, right? Unconscious mind, which runs patterns, right? You have these patterns that you use to make those instant decisions and snap judgments, right? But once the, the judgment is made, it's simply a starting point from where the logical mind now works to decide whether my instant judgment was right or wrong. So if you say something stupid, so you can't just make a great first impression and they say stupid shit afterwards because it's like, oh, okay, my initial judgment was wrong. This person is a moron, they're not worth listening to. So it's not as simple as just, I gotta make that great first impression. There are no free words, no stupid statements, no time for going off to Pluto, talking about the price of tea in China. That's what I mean when I say those things, when I'm going off and just running my own patterns. What I mean is that just because you make a good first impression, all that does is open you up to be influenced or open you up to, to be able to influence someone else. If you then don't follow that up with some very smart words that make logical sense, 
the per that will happen is the logical mind will then override the judgment sense that was made automatically and you're done. So it's not as simple as I got to go out there and make a great first impression. There's more to it. So what happens, let me show you on the board here, watch. What really happens with the straight line is each piece of it connects to the one before it and after it. So the way I, I phrase it, I say, listen, the, with the syntax, right, each step paves the way for the steps that come after it. Okay, it's, what was it? Okay. Eat, watch, let me see. You have step one, step two, step three, step four. I'll just do the first five steps, right? So step one is you must take immediate control of the sale. You have to do that, right? By doing that, that paves the way for what comes next, which is the ability to gather intelligence effectively. Because remember, if you're not in control and you're not perceived as an expert, what will happen is saying, not a person worth listening to. Why should I answer their questions honestly and forthrightly? Why answer them at all? They can't help me get what I want in life. Experts are the ones that help me solve my problems, alleviate my pain, let me feel back in control again. We've been conditioned to, to, to understand so we're very, very small. Starting when our parents took us to the doctor and the doctor would solve our pain. He was an expert in his field. We've been conditioned to believe that experts are who to be sought out to solve our problems. So what happens is the initial four seconds. So I talk about the first four seconds, but what happens is there's a connection of four seconds to step two, which is gathering intelligence and then gathering that intelligence in a way that even builds tighter rapport. But remember this, there's something has to happen between this four seconds and this gathering intelligence. Meaning when you say, listen, hey, hey, Jordan, how you doing today, right? That's the first, how you doing today? That's the first four seconds. Hey, okay, sounds pretty good. And you say, you might not have heard of my company. You heard of my company, XYZ. The reason for the call today is we're reaching out to people in your area for whatever, whatever the words are. The point is there has to be a language pattern that comes after the first four seconds that connects you to the intelligence gathering phase. You get that? There's, there's, in other words, there ha there's always bridges between the end of the syntax, that step, and the step that comes after it. So in the case of step one to two, what bridges the gap? So after those first four seconds, you say, hey, you know, a reason for the call today is I'm reaching out to people in your area for X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. And if you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Got a minute? And they say, yeah, great. Just a couple of quick questions so I don't waste your time. Now, when you finish that last pattern, a couple of quick questions so I don't waste your time, best. that then serves as the transition to your intelligence gathering questions. In other words, you can't, it's just not like you can, it's like the first four seconds, I'm going to sound good. And then I start asking questions. There's a connection between the two in the same way that you want. So you ask your questions in a way that builds rapport very tightly by using active listening, the right tonality. So you ask questions in a way that shows that you care, that you're an expert, you're the trusted advisor. And then from this point at the end of your intelligence gathering phase, we actually have a step that serves to connect intelligence gathering to a formal presentation. So what, so the fifth step is going to be what you make a formal straight line presentation. The result of which is to build massive certainty for the first 10 most of you also touch on the others as well, but your formal presentation is what essentially starts the process of really building certainty for the product. But something has to connect the formal presentation 
to the end of intelligence gathering and rapport building. And that we call what? Your transition. This is where you say to someone, you know, Jim, John, Jill, based on what you just said to me, so based on the questions, here's what, here'll be the long way of saying, so, so John, I asked you a bunch of questions, you gave me a bunch of really important answers, and based on those answers, what I have here is a perfect fit for you. Let me tell you why. That's, that's a long way of saying, John, based on what you just said to me, this is a perfect fit for you. Let me explain why. That's your bridge that connects this intelligence gathering rapport building to the main presentation. There's always going to be these bridgers, these, these sort of the anchors that take you from one step to the next. So if this step of taking control, I often define it as being the first four seconds of a conversation, right? It's not just four seconds. Like there's four seconds for the instant snap decision to be made, but then there are words that you're going to say. And remember, words do what? They basically touch the logical mind. So the words that you say are such that you're confirming what their unconscious mind has instantly perceived. Ah, correct. Yes, I was right to think this person is sharp as attack, enthusiastic as hell, and an expert in the field because the words they actually say are those of an expert. They don't speak poorly. They speak smartly. They speak correctly. Their grammar is correct. They have the right tonality. They sound like experts. So the point is it's not enough that you just sound good for four seconds. What comes after that and connects you to the step two must be great as well. That's what I mean when I say with a straight line, there's no time, there's no free words, no time for stupid statements, and no going off the Pluto or your anus. That's what I mean. So I want you to just take special care, whether you're in person or over the phone here, that you lock up your transitions. Make sure that in your mind you know how you connect each step of the syntax to the one that comes after it and how you pave the way to get, to get there from the one that came before it. That's what makes the straight line so powerful. I say it's an end-to-end -end system. That means you always know how to seamlessly transition from one step to the next step, to, and then eventually watch. When you start to get into the back end and you loop back, you have transition. So how do you start your transition to loop back? You start with deflection. I hear what you're saying, but does the idea make sense to you? Do you like the idea, right? And they say, yeah, it sounds pretty good. So what's your transition back? Here it is, the true beauty. I'll say exactly, it really is, it is right now. In fact, the true beauty is, when I say the true beauty is that's my transition to my secondary pattern to reinforce the airtight logical pace that I just framed. That's what's going on. This is sort of how you make the straight line elegant is there are no gaps between steps in the syntax. The syntax gives you this sort of perfect way to take a sale from the open to the close. Usually I draw it this way, right? And then remember, there are these little anchor points you need to have locked down. What are you going to say after those first four seconds? You have to script it out. And if you're in person, just know what you're going to say. Have it memorized. What's the best, ask them, what's the best thing I can say to get that point across that what the reason for my call, what company I'm calling from, what I'm looking to do in seven seconds. Ten, that's like another seven, ten seconds. 
And then you just say, you have a couple of seconds. I say, great, let me ask you some questions so I can best serve you. Very simple, guys. So what makes the straight line elegant is that not only are there steps in the syntax, but each step is designed that you can splice on a language pattern to connect it seamlessly to the ones that come after it. Once you do that, you get to this higher level of straight line proficiency, not quite yet at the step where you're closing, everyone is closable. That's more of a back end function of knowing how to really loop and be, and be great at that and sort of button up the airtight logical and the airtight emotional case together and use that, as I said in the previous training, the safe crackers pattern. You know, the way a safe cracker spins the knob this way and that way, you're spinning the knob and every time you turn the lever, you ask for the order. That's how a safe cracker goes out and cracks a safe, right? It spins the knob. Well, when you run a pattern, you're essentially spinning the knob, cracking one number at a time of each of the five core elements of the straight line. Does that make sense to you? It's pretty simple when you actually start to really dig into the layers. So that's the goal here. Where you have your know, weekly intensive, we get, you know, boom, into one thing specifically. This is more like these daily motivations, really understanding at the higher level just how it always works and how it all wraps up into one cohesive system. Like, for instance, when I talk about beliefs one day, it's because the ability to essentially manage your limiting beliefs, eliminate them and replace them with empowerments allows you then to access the system. Same thing with your standards. All parts of the system gel into one elegant way to basically close anyone who's closable, sell anything to anyone, and do it in a way that doesn't piss them off, doesn't alienate them, and also is ethical. Gets you what you want, but also helps the other person too. That's the bottom line, all right? Love you all, and we'll talk again tomorrow.